Let's praise God for that. Yes, that was awesome. Hey, and I, I do, I just, for me, as I watched that and just as all of these responses came flying in, the one thing that I just want to take notice in is how much all of that was prayed over. And, 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 and the first thing that people said to me, God direct us in this. And so I just want you all to know as, as we did this and we were a part of this is that it was God led, God given. And we don't give glory to ourselves about this. We give glory to God, our heavenly father for this. And I'm just so, so proud of, of our church for being a blessing to our community. So I just wanna praise God. Thank God for all of the generosity that went out. One more time, let's praise God for that. Thank you for, for just being a part of Dollar Call. I thought it was awesome. I love that. That was my favorite part of just how prayed over all of that was. Just amazing to me. Well, good morning. And uh, man, it's such an awesome time to be here together. I know the weather's been a little tough. And so I know a lot of you are watching online and a lot of you made it in here in the house. I'm so grateful for that. And wherever you are out there in here, uh, I just pray uh, that you've gotten closer uh, to God today. As a result, you felt his presence as we worship him, celebrate Jesus together. Because uh, I know he's here. I know he's out there. I know he's working. And so I just pray that you've received that. So somehow, some way today, and that continues. So, so let's get to it. If you have your Bibles or electronics, go ahead and grab those, get those out, and open them up to 1 Peter chapter 1. That's where we're going to be, 1 Peter chapter 1. And as you're getting there, if you are new or visiting, we've been in a series called Five Choices. Uh, and what we're doing is we're looking at and making some choices to get us closer to God in this new season, this new year, uh, so that we could just make some better spiritual decisions in our lives with God. And, you know, as, as I started thinking about choices, I, I, I got to thinking this weekend about a lot of choices that people make. People, people make some crazy choices depending on, you know, what you're doing and, and where you're going. And it became really apparent to me. I don't know about you. I've been watching a lot of football lately. The NFL playoffs are on. I've been watching really good, exciting, great games on there. And uh, there are some fans who have made some really bold choices in their wardrobe apparel for going to these games. Have you noticed that? Pretty crazy choices. So I found some pictures of some of the playoff games. I want to show them to you just to get us going here. Here's one fan for the Beth. That's a crazy choice there. That's an awesome beard. I don't think blue's the natural color. There's a, there's a Lions guy with some sort of belt on. Uh, I think he's cheering for them. Here's the next one. That guy's, I love that one. That's an awesome one, uh, rooting for the Chiefs. Here's another one. There's the Packers, poor Packers. They had it last night. They had it, man. They just, they just let it go. And then look at this poor, oh, there, there's another, there's another uh, couple fans, some, some good choices. Look at that poor buddy. Like he, he was second guessing his choice. You know what I'm saying? He's like, what am I doing? That was last week. Uh, every fan went out there and shoveled their own seats out in Buffalo. It's pretty amazing. Uh, and so here, here's the thing. So, so looking at those and thinking about choices, what, what do all of those people have in common? That's what I started thinking about. Maybe you would say they all look ridiculous. That's what they have in common. You know, maybe you could say that they are fanatic. They're fanatic for their team. But here's what I would say about them. This is what I would say, that there is no confusion as to who they're representing, right? I mean, it is very clear. It's crystal clear who they're representing. And here's the thing. Nobody forced them to do this. You know, nobody like made them get up, right? No, they, they, they intentionally did this. They woke up and found that wig. Right? They went into their closet and got that Viking helmet with the horns on it out. Right there. They made a conscious decision to sit in a vanity for two hours applying face makeup to themselves, right? All to go to this game, right? Where tens of thousands of other fans are gathering and getting together. And, and you know, maybe it seems ridiculous. 
to some of us that a grown person with a job and maybe grandkids would do this. You know, it's just kind of crazy to me when I think about this. Uh, But here's the thing. What you do know, what you do know is what side they're on, right? What you do know is that they're bringing it, whatever it is, they are bringing it to wherever they're going. And they have knowingly, here's what I would say, they have knowingly set themselves apart to represent to the world like what they are representing, right? And so this, I thought, really was neat, kind of takes us into the next choice that we're going to be talking about today. So, so we're in the third choice out of five. We're kind of on the hump. This is our hump day uh, of the choice that we're making. So if you weren't here uh, the first week, we talked about choosing to be passionate for following God, which comes from a, from a healthy fear that we should have of our Heavenly Father who created us. And then last week, we talked about choosing to be in community, choosing to be in community with fellow believers and followers of Jesus to help us and encourage us because you cannot do life alone your faith in Jesus was not meant to be lived out alone and so today here's the third choice if you got your notes go ahead and grab those the third choice that we're going to talk about is we're going to choose today to be set apart that we are going to choose to be set apart in our faith in Jesus you know I don't know uh, what you think about when I say set apart you're probably thinking about the pictures I just showed you. Probably, right? You're thinking about those, and, and that's what you start thinking about. Or maybe, maybe when you think about being set apart, means means looking weird, right? That being set apart means looking weird, or, or that it means you stick out in a way to be set apart. Or maybe when, when you really, when we're talking about today, when you talk about your Christian faith and the Christian faith and what that means, that maybe for Christians it means something a little uncomfortable, Because it's like, I don't know if I want to stick out. I don't know if I want to look weird. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about what it looks like today. We're going to talk about what being set apart is, what it looks like, and and how I and why I believe it is a great choice to make. Because it is a choice. It doesn't just happen to be set apart in your faith. And so we're going to start here uh, and get into the book of 1 Peter. We're going to read a little bit today. Uh, Before we get to 1 Peter 1, you don't have to flip there, but I love Peter in what he says actually towards the end of the letter uh, in chapter 5 because he actually uh, tells us the reason why he's writing this letter to the church and why we get to read it. Here's what he says in 1 Peter 5, 12. He says, hey, I'm writing this for a reason. I'm writing to encourage you and to assure you that what you are experiencing is truly part of God's grace for you. So stand firm in this grace. And so what Peter was saying to the church, to to Christians, people who are following Jesus, I want to encourage you. And to encourage means to give courage. Uh, And he wants to do that then because of what he knew uh, Christians were were going through. They were going through a lot of stuff back then. So just a little background really quick. Uh, So this is right now about 30 years after the, the death and resurrection of Jesus. And what had been happening is the church is now being persecuted for their faith. They're being uh, killed. They're being martyred. They're being hunted down. Uh, Paul, at this time, when Peter was writing this, was in prison. Paul wrote 14 of the New Testament letters, and he would ultimately get killed as well. And, And the church, or Christians, they were getting blamed for a bunch of stuff they didn't even do. Like, everybody was just like, just blame the Christians, so everybody hates them. And so, uh, Paul, the main, he was a main leader of the church. He was, he was sensing this. He was getting, he was getting word of this and 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 the church was completely spread out it was scattered all through the region so he's realizing man we're in some danger 
we're in some danger here. There's a sense of something brewing and, and something coming. And so Peter senses this and he says, I want to uh, embolden you as a church. I wanna give you courage right now in this moment. And I think it still speaks to us today as a church. So that's kind of where he's coming from. So now let's back up. Let's get into First Peter 1. We're gonna read a little bit uh, and, and we're gonna pick this up in verse three because this is what he's encouraging them in. So he says, I wanna encourage you, but this is what he's encouraging them. So we're gonna pick this up in verse three and read a little bit. He says this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, you may have to have suffered grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, by the way, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. And so, so here's what Peter is saying in these verses. He's saying, so again, at the end, he said, I wanna encourage you. He goes, I, let me show you where this this encouragement is coming from that's what he's saying and what he's telling this is where it's found and I want to tell you that this encouragement is found in something that gives hope in times of trouble it is found in something that offers joy in times of sorrow and where you can find confidence even when things seem so uncertain and it is an encouragement that actually comes from something that doesn't just last here on earth but it is everlasting it's never ending and it's found he tells us through the resurrection of Jesus Christ that's what he says that, that here it is everybody that with God this is what we're gonna talk about today. With God, there is a life that is not normal. There is a life that with God is a, is a life you don't see on TV and it's a life that you will not easily be able to find. In fact, in many ways, it's counterintuitive to the life that you see all around you. But it's a life, gang, that will bring God's peace and God's encouragement in a time where we badly need it in this life. And it's a life that can overcome when we let Jesus take the lead. That's what he's talking about. So what Peter here is encouraging them and us in is this, is to embrace our identity as Christians in this world. And, and what, what he's trying to say is that being a Christian, just being a Christian, here's what it means. It means that there is something in you that changes you. That, that you aren't just in a new belief system, but you are a new creation. That's what he's saying, that, that it's not just tapping into something new, that you become someone entirely new because of Jesus. So that's why he says that we were given a new birth. That's what he says about you, that you are born again. It's a rebirth into something completely different. Everybody tracking so far? Everybody got me so far? This is really huge to see because what we're doing is we are building in to the reason why we would wanna make the choice to be set apart from everyone else. All that's really important, okay? You gotta know the context, okay? So now we're gonna drop down into verse 13, okay? Because verse 13, here's why he says, or what we, he says we do with all this understanding uh, and encouragement of what we already have with Jesus. This is what you have with Jesus, all right? Verse 13, he goes, so therefore, that's why we read all that stuff, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy 
because I am holy. So there it is. We'll leave this up here just for a second. So what does it look like to be set apart? Here's where, what it looks like. It comes through the decision, the intentional decision of a believer to live a holy life. And so as we choose to be set apart, the way it happens is through this. It's through personal holiness. That's what we're going to be getting after today. Uh, one of the things that we've been doing in this series is we've looked at these choices. We've been using uh, our core values as a church. And so they're up here in, the, in your outlines as well. And the value we're using today with this is the value of, that we have as a church of Jesus that we never stop growing. That, that Listen, everybody, we don't just stop at salvation. That's not the end. That's the beginning. And so we never stop growing. And so um, this idea to be holy, see, what it means is to be set apart, to be different. And, and what it's getting after is this, is that as we grow, because in, as a Christian, we need to grow. You got to keep growing. As we grow in personal holiness, then what will happen is we will distance ourselves and we will distance our lives and we will be dis different because of who God is in our lives because God, here's what is happening. And, and Peter said, it. he's setting us apart for something bigger than this, this temporary place that is for something eternal. So, so if you're here, if you're watching and you are a Christian, this is what your life should be about, to be set apart in this world. And so that, that's what being set apart is, okay? Now, let's look at what it does, right? Because that's the big question. And I think a lot of people need an answer because the big question is, why would I want to do this? Why would I want to look different? Why would I want to seem different? Why would I want to make different decisions and choices at the world? Why would I want to be set apart? So what I want to do here is, if you have your notes out there, we're going to look uh, at four things that I say are benefits of making this choice, this conscious decision in your life and, and making this choice to see why it's a good idea to make the choice of holiness and purity in your life. And so I thought of four, there's probably a bunch more, but they kind of flow in to each other. And I think it's just a good starting point for us. So Here's the first benefit of choosing to be set apart, choosing to live a holy life, and it's this, it's transformation. Transformation. So one of the most powerful things that can happen to a follower of Jesus is that as you make a decision to remain holy and not conform to the habits of this world, is this, is that real transformation happens. It really happens. So, so here's what I want to tell you. Like when you see change in someone, right, real change, that they change their behavior, that they change their, ha their sin habits, they change their language, they change, and they have a greater ability uh, to be gentle and have self-control uh, instead of being angry and chaotic. That's not an act. That's real transformation that is happening in a person's life when they make the habitual decision to be set apart, to remain holy in this life. Because here's what I wanna tell you, the, the goal of Christianity, the goal of following Jesus is never behavior modification. It's transformation. These are completely different things, everybody. We're not after a certain performance. Here's what we're after, just so you know, just so you know. We are after the gospel's ability to really change you from the inside out. And that's what happens. And here, I'm here to tell you, it can, it does, and it will. Amen, everybody? Because that's what happens. It transforms you. Here's the second benefit, if you're trying to wonder if you want to make this choice. It's peace. Now, I got to talk about this one. Because here's the thing. I don't think a lot of Christians know this. Did you know that there are actual stages of peace that happen in a Christian's life? There are stages of peace that you can experience. And unfortunately, for a lot of Christians, uh, you only experience, they only experience the first stage of peace and never move past it. And it's why I actually really believe that a lot of Christians don't have peace in their life. 
So let me talk about this. Here it is. Here's where we begin. Peace with God will always begin with faith in Christ. You can't get around that. That's the only way that you can find peace with God. You can't find peace with God without surrendering your life over to his ability to give you grace, mercy, and forgiveness through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the only way that you can have peace with God and be made right with him. And and here's my bet. My bet is that all of you watching, everybody in here, most of you, uh, that's not what you're wrestling with. Like you would say you've done that. That you have salvation, peace with Jesus. It happened at five years old. It happened last year here at a service. It happened at church camp at some point in time uh, where you know you did that. So for a lot of us, that's not the issue. That's not the issue. But here's the issue. This is the issue. You still don't really have peace in your life. And here's why. Here's why for a lot of cases. See, the issue comes from not pursuing what sustains peace. That's what a lot of people miss. In other words, you have salvation peace, but not sustaining peace. And it's because it's possible, listen to me, and this is where some of you are right now. It is possible to have peace with God, but not to be experiencing the peace of God in your everyday life. And here's why, because peace with God will come from God. It always comes from God pursuing us. But listen, sustaining peace, it comes from us pursuing him. It comes from us pursuing him. And so here's what you gotta catch, everybody. I think we miss, I think so many of you miss this. God did the work for peace to come to us. You don't have to add to that. Jesus, and that's it. He did the work for peace to come to you. But listen to me, in order for peace to sustain you, we gotta do the work of obedience and personal holiness for the, to be in the flow of God's peace coming to you every single day. Does that make sense, everybody? Does that make sense? That makes sense, right? It's kind of like when you're swimming uh, in the lazy river of God. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ever been in like a lazy river, right? You're just like, oh, this is great. You don't have to do it. It's just great. Do you ever try to go upstream from the lazy river? It's exhausting, right? It wears you out. And that's kind of what it's like for a lot of Christians. I'm telling you, when you, listen, it's what happens with Christians. When you know, listen to me, that you have ultimate peace with God, but you're still allowing that sin or my way or anything unpure or ungodly, all those things that you are knowingly doing that cause you, listen to, to be moving upstream from God's way. And so here's the thing. This is just my question. We all wrestle with this a little bit. I think a lot of us are not actually in the peace of God because we're not doing anything about it. But I'm, I want you to change your way. I want you to make a different choice today, okay? Because here's my question. Why would you ever expect God's peace to be on you when you're knowingly allowing these things to win in your life? It won't happen because you have ultimate peace. That's settled. That's done. Eternity's good. And that's why so many of it gets mixed up with salvation. Well, maybe you're not saved. No, you're just not experiencing God's peace. And that's what he wants for your life. And listen, I don't want to beat you up over this. I don't, I, here's the thing. If you're a Christian, I don't need to because the Holy Spirit does that work. He's convicting you right now as you sit and as you watch. I know he is. And so I just want you to make a different choice today. Choose Jesus. If you really want his peace to rule in your life, I think you've got to make a decision about peace coming. Okay, here's the third benefit is that you get a stronger fellowship with God. You get a stronger fellowship with God. And so here's why I think this one is really important because again, I, I mentioned this earlier, I think uh, we get caught up in this idea and I don't think we would ever say it, but I actually, I, I think a lot of us think it. Like, it's like, yeah, you know, like once you're saved, it's kind of like, that's it. Like I got, got on the mountaintop, like, it's like everything's downhill from here. I, I don't know, you never say it, but I think a lot of people have, that's the, what their faith looks like, unfortunately. But I'm telling you, man, God has way more for you than salvation. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that amazing to think about? 
You know, I was talking a lot about that with my son. He's, he's really struggling with why he's still here. He's like, I know, I believe in Jesus. Like, why don't we just go straight to heaven where everything's awesome? I'm like, eh, that's a good question. And we talk about it. But you know why? Because he's got so many good things for us here. Once we're in heaven, we're gonna be in perfection and we'll never be able to work things out like we can down here. And I'm telling you right now, everybody, I don't know if you've seen this or experienced that I have and I do, is that he's got way more for us in this life, a fulfilling life that we get to have. And here's the biggest part of that fulfilling life, that we can have a strong, amazing fellowship with our heavenly father right here, right now. And I think so many of us are out of that fellowship, but it comes through obedience to him and, and following him. It's the rich life. I'm telling you, I'm not talking about money. There is a rich life that he wants to have with you. It's the sweet life of living in Christ. It's the sweet life of saying no to things that I said yes to before, right? You know what I'm saying? That's sweet. It's amazing. It's like, oh my gosh, I got to say no to that. It's so amazing, Jesus, and it's found when we pursue this holiness, I'm telling you. And as you do that, here's what I'm telling you, and again, you can make this decision. You will get a stronger bond with you and your heavenly father, and it's a fellowship with God. It's amazing. It's amazing through this choice. So you get, you get down. And then ultimately, all of these kind of point to this is that the benefit is you get a more fulfilling life. You get a more fulfilling life. That's what all these point to. Because gang, listen to me. I wish I would have done this and thought about it. If you see all four of those, you, hopefully you have your outline and see them. It's like, that sounds great. Like who, who wouldn't want those in your life as a follower of Jesus? But here's the reality. This is the, the reality is there are a lot of Christians who don't fully experience real transformation and peace and have a strong relationship with God that ultimately gives you a more fulfilling and satisfying life. And, and here's what I wanna tell you. As you sit here and you think about it in your own life, and I, I, again, I, I don't think it's because there isn't a desire to have it. I don't think that that's true, but here's why. This is why I think this is going on. I think that a lot of Christians are waiting for the payoff of the Christian life without actually putting yourself in a position to really receive it. You hear what I'm saying? I think a lot of us are waiting for, come on, man, pay me off, and we're not putting ourselves in the position of obedience and, and personal holiness to actually receive it. And does that make sense? I'm telling you, it makes sense to me as, I, as, I, as God's been giving me this message, okay? And so here's what I wanna do with the rest of this time. There's, there's a couple more things on your outline. I, I wanna spend the rest of our time just showing you what it actually takes to put yourself in this position, to, to make the choice to be set apart and, and show you from people who actually are making this decision uh, and what they're doing. Because here's what I will tell you, and this is why I think a lot of Christians are not in the flow of this. There is a cost. There's a cost. I can't get around it. There is a cost to this, but here's my hope. My hope is that we see the payoff of living holy lives and being set, set apart completely blow the cost out of the water, everybody that we are done compromising, that we look at these things and say, no, I, it's worth the cost, but there is a cost. So I hope this can help us, what we're about to look at, to help us see uh, and, and actually help us find where if we want more transformation, peace, satisfaction, and fellowship with God. So, so here's the decision, what it takes to actually be set apart. The first one that it takes is it takes a full commitment. Just straight up, I'm just gonna tell you straight up as you're right now, I think there are a lot of Christians who are not fully committed. I, it's a reality. I just don't think there are a lot of, there are a lot of people who are not fully committed. And, and you will never experience the full benefits uh, of the Christian life until you, when you're halfway in. You will never experience it. You'll get a little bit of it, but you'll never experience all of it if you're halfway in. This is like the fence question. Are you on the fence with your faith? Or have you decided that this is it? That you've decided. And, and if you've decided that Jesus is the one true God in the flesh, savior of your life, then listen to me, go all in. What are you wishy-washy about? Go all in. 
Because it, it, it takes a full commitment to really experience the benefits of this. It's, and it's what it is. It's not just in what you do. This is what this means. It's committing my mind, body, and soul to the lordship of Jesus Christ. That I think some of us have one of those. Some of us have maybe a couple. May I say, no, I'm gonna commit everything to you that, that I see my, here's what, I see myself as a temple of the Lord and I will act and live accordingly. I won't be wishy washy It's all in. Here's the second one that it takes. It takes sacrifice. It takes sacrifice. And I think this is where a lot of separation is. I, I think this is where there's a lot of separation, actually, as I wrote these down. I think that uh, folks, a lot of folks are in with the Christian life until I have to actually sacrifice something for it that I'm like, I don't know. Like, I think that's what happens. Hey, I'm in, wait, I got I a cost. Like, I think that's what happens uh, because here, here's what the reality is. I'm gonna tell you. Through choosing to be set apart, again, it's a conscious decision. Through choosing to be set apart, here's what will happen. As a result, you will not be doing the same things everybody else will be doing. Sacrifice. You, you won't be doing life the same way. You won't be acting the same way. You won't be doing marriage the same way that everybody's doing. You won't be doing the same things other families are doing because you're making different decisions with your family, with your time and your margins and your activities. That's what happens. And that takes sacrifice. It takes self-discipline. It takes self-control. It's a sacrifice. But listen to me. You could put anything you want to up against a transformative, peace-sustaining, life-fulfilling closeness I can have with my Heavenly Father, and I'm telling you it's worth it every time. But I'm just telling you, that's what it takes, a sacrifice. Second thing it takes. Here's the last one, that it also means something. It means that I need to accept the consequences in advance. That's what it means. So folks who have already done this, see, they've already counted the cost. And they've already said, hey, listen, however, however the chips fall, I'm gonna stand on the foundation of God. I'm just standing, I'm just, I'm just gonna stand there. Even if it means, this is what I'm telling you, even if it means I won't be doing the same thing that everybody else is doing, I'm gonna be making different decisions than other families and friends, but I won't negotiate. I will not negotiate with the consequences to determine my choice. My choice has already been made and it will determine everything else. You hear what I'm saying? Like that's what it takes. Those are the three things that it takes. And you know, as I thought about those, when God was kind of giving them to me this week, uh, one of the things that stuck out to me, the best picture of someone living this out is the story of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And you, you might not be familiar with those names. A lot of you might be more familiar with, with their given names, which was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but that is not their God-given names. I don't know if you knew that. They, they were actually given those names as a part of their captivity in Babylon as a part of Babylon trying to control them. Those were not their God-given names. So I will call them Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And, and so if you don't know the story, uh, they were taken captive along with their friend Daniel, the Daniel Lions then guy and a bunch of other of their friends. And uh, the Babylonians, what they wanted to do was they wanted to integrate these captives to be one of them. That's what they did. It was mind control, all this kind of stuff. So they, they renamed them. They renamed them as a part of their claiming them for Babylon. And by the way, by the way, that still happens today. If you don't think that's happening, you're blind to what's going on. Our culture wants to claim you. Our world wants to integrate you into their way and their thinking, and it gets so normalized that sometimes we can't see it. But once you see it, it's so crystal clear. I'm telling you. Hey, it's what it is. Hey, it's normal to act that way. It's normal to behave that way. It's normal to be busy this way and, and, and to do marriage that way. Hey, it's okay. Hey, don't tell us it's wrong. Don't tell us that it's not edifying. It's normal. I'm telling you, it happens all the time. So, so the Babylonians, they, they, they try to claim these guys by renaming them and, and doing all these things, trying to change them. But here's the thing for them, here's what I'm telling you. They already were settled. They, they already knew who they were. 
They already knew, they, they already made up their minds a long time ago about God and people, identity and labels and all that stuff. And so they say, you can call me, what do you call me, Mary? I don't care. My name's still Hananiah in, in the eyes of the Lord. And I've already decided, you will not break that in me. I love that. And so what happens to the king of Babylon one day, he makes a, a big statue, a big, a big gold statue of himself. And he gets everybody in Babylon together. And he tells everybody who's there, he says, all right, we're gonna play some music. And once you hear the music start, I want you all to bow and worship me. Because I was him. He goes, I want you to worship me or you'll die. All right. And here's what happened. The horn blew and everybody bowed except for three guys. Right, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And so the king finds out these guys didn't bow and he, get, and he brings them up and he gives them another chance because he liked these guys. This is what's the crazy thing. He's like, I like you guys. I don't, don't want to kill you. So I'm going to give you one more chance. All right, you got it? Like, just so you know, we're going to do the music again. And if you don't bow, I have to kill you. I don't want to kill you. Don't make me kill you. Okay, and here's what they say. They say, we hear you, king. I, I understand what you're saying, but we cannot bow to you. We, we can't because we can only bow to the one true God of the universe. And so do what you need to do. We've already decided uh, we will not serve your gods. We will not worship your idols. We can only worship the one true God of the universe. And so here's what happens. They get thrown into a fiery furnace. They knew the consequence. It didn't change their decision. They counted the cost and they made their decision. And so they get thrown in the fire. But listen, God, by God's grace, he rescues them and he saves them. And what eventually happens, it's amazing. The king of Babylon changes completely, changes the edict. And he's like, you better worship that God too. It's amazing what happened. And here's what I want to say. I don't want us to miss the miracle there of God rescuing them, but I don't want you to miss the point. And here's the point for you and me and for us. What are you going to bow to? We all bow to something. I'm telling you, if you don't think you bow to something, you're nuts. We all bow to something. In fact, what a lot of people miss about this story is that those weren't the only three Hebrew boys in the crowd. Historians believe there were dozens and dozens of other Hebrew boys. We don't know their names. You know why? Because they bowed everybody. We don't know one lick about them because they just conformed. They said, I'm just gonna do, I don't wanna, uh, you know, I'm gonna let that consequence dictate my decision. Every one of us bows to something. And what I wanna put forward today for you to just think about and chew on with the decision to be set apart and live a holy life instead of letting all this other junk get in the way and direct us against the flow of God's peace and amazing, fulfilling life is this is what I just wanna put forward. There is nothing on this earth worth your bow more than your heavenly father. Nothing. Why? Here's why, gang. Because God is able. He is able. He is able to do more, help more, heal more, provide more, love more than anything else on this earth could ever offer. I'm telling you, man. He will pour out more love. He will pour out more pursuit of you. He will bless you more. He will pour out more grace and mercy on you than anything else in this world could possibly give. And so why wouldn't you want to go after that kind of God? So with that kind of God, as we choose to give our allegiance to that kind of God, then that will set you apart. And here's what I say, so be it. Amen, somebody? So be it. Your choices will determine how you are set apart. I just want to ask you right now, how set apart are you? How set apart are you in this world? Are you seen different? Are you known? Ah, they probably wouldn't say yeah to that. Are you set apart? And right now, I just want to tell you, some of you here, it's time. It's time to detach from some things that the enemy is using to tear you apart. 
and tear you away from being set apart from the God of the universe who wants to have a flourishing life with you, okay? Right now, you're here, I'm telling you, and, and you're recognizing some of those decisions you made, some of those things that you're doing, some of those paths that you took, and, and, and listen, I, here's what happens with some of these things. Right now, you're here, and you're recognizing them, and you are putting yourself in isolation in your faith because of that. I know you are, because I did that too in my life. That's what shame does. That's what the enemy uses when he uses guilt on you. Yeah, you don't deserve yeah, don't, don't say that to anybody, man. Once they find out, that's what the enemy's doing in your life. So you isolate yourself from community. You're like, I can't get in a group. I'm not gonna do that. No, I'm just gonna come on Sunday and, and get out of here as fast as I can. Man, that's not, never gonna get you anywhere with God. Again, you might have salvation, faith, but I'm telling you, or salvation, peace, but man, the peace that he wants to have you, I'm just telling you, I think you need to make a different decision today. Because listen, man, it's time to make a different choice. It's time to make a different decision. Maybe you've had a couple bad choices. Maybe you've made a couple hundred uh, of, of bad choices, but you know what your heavenly father can do? Here's what he's telling you right now, man. All those can be fixed with the next choice. Choose Jesus. How about that, everybody? Amen, somebody? Choose Jesus. Choose to be set apart. Maybe it looks like finally getting community. We've been talking about that over the last couple weeks. We've got men's groups, women's groups. We've got, we got community groups meeting. Maybe it looks like that. Maybe it looks like choose, finally leading a group. Like, you're gifted to lead. We need leaders. Matter of fact, like, we can't get a lot of groups going because we don't have enough leaders. Maybe it looks like that for you. Maybe it looks like having a moment today and really, really going all in. You know you've been on the fence. You're not gonna get any of what God wants to give you when you're sitting teetering on the fence. Quit being wishy-washy. I wanna encourage you, man, make a better choice. You'll never fully realize what God has for you till you jump all the way. And maybe for some of you right now, look at me. You need to change a sin habit in your life. Right now, change it. Change it. Stop. Because God gives you the power to stop. Amen, somebody? He can empower you to stop whatever that is so that his peace can come rushing in. Man, when you feel the peace of God come rushing in your life, there's nothing better. The victory that you can have over this, I'm telling you, he could give it to you. It's time to make a different choice. Come on, somebody, make a different choice. You choose him, it's time to choose to be set apart. Instead of wondering what's on the other side, why don't you get over there? It's awesome, it's beautiful, it's lovely, it's, it's everything you thought it would be. And it's worth every bit of sacrifice that it takes. Somebody say amen to that. All right, let me pray. God, I got fired up. I, I need to calm down a little bit. And I'm just, because for me in my life, man, I, I am not, I, I'm not all the way there. But man, I get to see victory in my life. I get to see victory in my marriage. I get to see victory in my family. I pray that over everybody here right now. Help them to see the victory that you can have in their lives and to stop giving in and stop going against your current, against your flow, and just say yes to you because it's worth it. It's so worth it. And as I'm praying today, I just pray for whoever's here that, that I just feel, I don't know, I feel the need right now as we're praying that I think some of you really do need to make a choice. I think some of you really are thinking, it's right there on you. Like right when I said that, I feel like the Holy Spirit just spoke to you. Stop. Start. <laughs> Say yes, say no. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's taking a stand in something. Maybe it's, I don't know, choosing to be a set apart more. Maybe it's, maybe it's choosing to be done messing around with your faith and say, no, I'm going, I know Jesus is it. And I'm gonna go all in. I don't know whatever that is, but, but man, right now you could just, in your heart right now in this moment, don't let this moment pass. As God is speaking to you so clearly about this, be set apart. Make this choice. It's worth it. It's worth it. 
the benefits far, far outweigh the cost. And so I pray that over whoever needs that right now this morning. Thank you, God, for, for giving us this amazing message, this amazing gospel that doesn't stop at salvation. It's just the beginning. And I pray that we keep moving towards you with an awesome pursuit because that's where your peace sustains us is in our pursuit of you. I pray over holiness for my life, for my marriage, for everybody here uh, today. We just pray that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Hey, I hope you had a great week. Listen, really quickly, be careful out there. Uh, it is very slick on the lot. And so just take your time. Be very nice to everyone, courteous, and say hi. Uh, and we'll see you next Sunday.